live from the Lutheran School of Theology, but more importantly from the 2016 uh, National Gathering of the Lutheran Student Movement. It is our very first live edition of The Vinyl Preacher. Wow. And then they just went crazy. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Are you, <laughs> that's incredible. All of our fans are gathering. That's... All of the fans of the pod. Oh, free, the free giveaway of tickets. Matt, worked. I think there are more people in this room than there are total listens to the podcast. <laughs> We're exploding. It's working. That's oh what that means, gosh. right? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. How's the, how is Lutheran Student Movement Con going? Lutheran Student Movement Con. <laughs> All the geeks and the nerds have showed up for this. Uh, they lost their brains. There was a Vitor Vasselli sighting. People oh. lost it. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> they did not get it at all. That's an obscure theologian who teaches here at LSTC that you guys would not, if only you have to be pretty deep into the nerddom to recognize and to freak out about him. If I saw him, I'd be scared because he's kind of like the Professor Snape kind of deal. Oh, there we go. We got a sigh. We got a sigh on, on my Vitor. I like to call, we're going to go all over the place, Matt. Uh, I like to call Vitor, uh, who is Brazilian, Vitor the Carpathian, uh, which is a Ghostbusters 2 reference. <laughs> Matt, I think this means that we are perfectly suited to host a pop culture podcast. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 is a movie that came out after Ghostbusters 1. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And it, ho okay. it featured Vigo the Carpathian, who was a, it helps when I explain it, right, Matt? Uh, yeah. <laughs> who was a painting who came alive and was a really bad dude. So welcome back, Matt, for all of our live folks uh, here in Chicago, the hometown of one Matthew, the Reverend Matthew Cato. Matt Cato has been away fulfilling his vocational identity in yep. the fashion of Noah. He's been populating the face of the earth two at a time. He had twins. <laughs> he had twins in November. And so he's been away, and I've had to drive this thing all by myself. And we've done a lot. We've been a lot of places. I'm sure you've listened. I've noticed that we have three lessons every week, and I'm assuming you're one of them, Matt. And that's that I've got a tagline for the pod. We had Elizabeth, we had Elizabeth Rawlings on the pod from uh, Seattle, Washington, campus pastor oh, yeah. to, to, to UW. And I decided at that moment that this podcast is clearly the Internet's most punk rock lectionary podcast. Most punk rock lectionary podcast. Not a niche market at all. <laughs> Just very and, and and only one of those things is marginally true. <laughs> you guys can decide which one it is. How has life been, Matt? Uh, I don't know if I'm asleep or awake right now, and that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty much how it is all the time. I don't even where I don't even know where you are right now. Where did you? Oh, there you go. Okay. Wow. I asked that's... you a question that could have a long answer so that I could run over and adjust the volume. It's well... show business, Matt. Come on, you've been out of the game. Well done. Yeah, I've got a, a whole new uh, appreciation for the infant baby Jesus. That was basically <laughs> this was my Advent devotional this year was to <laughs> was to really step inside the text and experience what it must have been like. So it's yeah, what a great Advent devotional. It's good. Everybody's like, oh, Mary's great. How about that, Mary? Uh, she only had one kid. <laughs> Not impressed. <laughs> right. Right. Not impressed. One oh at a time. Oh my gosh. Mm -mm. Yep. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be that hard. Man, I have exciting oh, news. I have a Christmas present for you. Oh, okay. Because it's still Christmas. It's still Christmas. I know. I know. Uh, I have a Christmas present for you as we've developed a regular question to ask guests on the podcast, and I've answered it already. So you get to okay. answer the, the new go-to question. It is. I don't know if you ever find yourself in the situation, but I find myself in churches all the time. 
and a thing that I think professional religious leaders do all the time in churches is we get hungry. I found myself at church during Advent, man. Yeah. I had to drop off some stuff in the church kitchen, dropped off stuff in, the, stuff in the church kitchen, and my natural reaction whenever I'm in a church kitchen is to open the refrigerator door just to see what's there. Yeah. And so I opened the door, and there was a plate full of things, and I grabbed one, and I ate it, and it was like a baklava-like thing. Was it baklava? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Did I ask myself before I ate it, is this baklava? Nope. What I did first, my reaction was, there's stuff on the plate in the refrigerator. I'm going to eat it. And I ate it. And then I was like, it kind of is like baklava. And it wasn't good, right? It wasn't good. No. And I wasn't sure if it was yeah. baklava. And do you yeah. know what I did then? What? What did you do? I got another one. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, that's it. a good choice. Good. And you're still here. I'm so. still here. Never. That's good. And so the question we've developed is, what is the grossest thing you've ever eaten out of a church refrigerator? <laughs> oh, my God. When you've, been, when you've been standing in the in the, the light of shame that flows out of the church refrigerator, what's the grossest thing you've ever eaten out of it? What's the grossest thing that I've ever eaten out of a church refrigerator? I don't know, man. I don't know. What is the, I mean, I would say the leftover pizza from our youth nights mm. that, tends to, that tends to show up in the church refrigerator. And I don't know how many days it's been in there. But I'm just gonna eat it, just, just like, just like you. I'm gonna eat it because I'm working on that sermon at 2 a.m. and I need some, I need some sustenance. So it was yeah. from a great youth night in 1957. That's right. It was the exactly. first pizza. Yeah. And you, you ate it. <laughs> so Matt, you gotta catch us up. Uh, we always start the podcast with uh, what's happening in your place in your context. Uh, so what? You're back on the pod. Are you back in real life? What is this Sunday, January 8th, the epiphany of the Lord uh, going to look like for you? Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, the most important thing is, uh, like Michael Jordan in 1995, I issued a press release that just had two words. I'm back. <laughs> I am back with the Birmingham Barons. My gambling right. issues have been resolved. That's right. Just like he tried baseball for a couple of years and then decided that wasn't going to work out. He's going to go back to basketball. I tried parenting for <laughs> six weeks and now I think I'm going to go back to work. I think I'm going to go back you, to work. What did you do? Like about 240? Hit about 240? Yeah. 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 So it's good. It's good. So that's important. Uh, yeah. And it's my first time uh, back in the pulpit since like October. First time preaching since having kids. First time preaching since the election, which happened the day afterwards. Oh, my God. Um, first time preaching in year A, preaching Matthew in a couple of years. Uh, first time preaching in 2017. Um, so I feel like it's a good time to set the tone uh, for a new chapter, right? New chapter in our world, macro and micro. I think you uh, forgot so one. one. Yeah, what's the other one? It's the first time preaching since... Uh... The Chicago Cubs won the World Series. Oh my gosh, that that also happened. Yes, there was so much that happened. All in like is that one a Cubs shirt you're wearing now? Cup. I'm assuming it is. Oh, Clips, the Clips. Los Angeles, Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Clippers. So I'm back in the pulpit. The other thing that um, happens, you know, because I'm the center of attention, I'm clearly the most important thing at church. Uh, but besides me, enough about me. Um, it's. We're going to be celebrating Epiphany Sunday. Uh, I know, right? It's our first Sunday of the church year, of the, not the church year, of the calendar year. So we usually celebrate Epiphany. And what we do is we do uh, a blessing of the church for the new year. 
one tradition in the church for Epiphany is to uh, chalk your doorway uh, to bless your home for a new year. And you can bless that with uh, the year uh, and with the, the letters CMB. CMB! CMB, I know, right? Which can stand for the three wise men, Casper, uh, Melchior, and Balthazar, according to tradition. And of course, uh, we can talk more about that later. And then, but it also stands for Christi Menciona Benedicta, Christ bless this home. And so mm. we put that chalk uh, on the doors of the church. Can I tell a fun story about that real quick? Allowed. <laughs> Allowed? So, um, yeah, so we write in chalk. You just like write in chalk over the doorway of the church, of your house, right? You know about this tradition. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So we do that over the doors of the church. We write in chalk. We put the, the 2017 CMB, and then we leave it up. And we leave it up. You're supposed to leave it up till Pentecost, uh, but I'm too lazy to ever erase it, so we basically just leave it up. Uh, year round but one day I know but so this it's just you know it stays up there so like but then one day um one day a police officer stopped by and he was like hey uh I noticed that there are some strange markings on the outside of your church I I think your church has been tagged (laughs) which is pretty common in Los Angeles that happens and so I went out to look at it and I said oh no um no, we did that. We did that tagging ourselves. Uh, <laughs> we tagged ourselves. We, we did. We, uh, we, marked, we marked the territory, and then I got all corny. I got all cornball on it. We marked the territory for God, right? We marked the ter- territory for God. Different kind of gang, different kind of tag uh, on the outside of our church. So I always think of that when I see the, the CMB in chalk. Fantastic. I like it. We're going to hit yeah. this because uh, I'm here with a bunch of college students, um, and I want to do this. Maybe this is the year I do it, because I've always talked about doing it, but I haven't done it, uh, is like yeah. dorm room blessings. Yeah. Right? Because so, uh, one of the things that happens is that during this time of year in the life of the church, many folks will invite, especially if you bought like an, uh, or you moved into a new home, a new residence, uh, you'll invite your like pastor or whatever, and they'll come out and they can do, there's this really cool liturgy that I'm a nerd about. Uh, that we have for how to bless a home. And you go to room to room and there's a blessing for each room. And it's a really cool, weird, nerdy thing to do. Uh, and so I have visions of doing that for like dorm rooms and stuff. And you could write in chalk on your like door of your room or your apartment. That's the things that gets me excited. That's a thing that yeah. gets me excited. You gonna do it this year? Probably not, but I'll talk about it. <laughs> As I've done each of the past like four or five years. <laughs> My context is going to be pretty sleepy, Matt. We are out of school until January 17th, which means Ah. I get um, more uh, rest and recovery, and it'll be lovely. But we'll still do do church. Uh, Very few folks will be around, though, because we're pretty far away from school getting back. Is this like the equivalent of uh, All-Star Break for you? This is like like all-star break. And, you know, it's it's like it's just like all-star break in that it's an honor. Right. It's an honor to be here, really. Uh, But also, right, it does take away a little of my vacay, you know. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically at the all-star game right now. I'm at the all-star game. And that's the all-star game mm -hmm. in Chicago. It's nice that it's happening in Chicago this year. The slam dunk contest is tonight. Uh, Oh, sweet. I surveyed the competition. We're going to be over at St. Tom's, uh, which the St. Tom's is a Roman uh, Catholic school across the street over here, which is where Matt and I played basketball every Thursday night for four years. Um, And I can guarantee you that over the course of four years of basketball games, there were zero dunks. Uh, Because, like, played intramural sports in college, and I was not very good. But then I came to seminary, 
and it turns out I was way more athletic than the average <laughs> populace of seminary than I was compared to, to, to a large public university. Uh, mm -hmm. And so there, I was a god. Uh, also, their three-point line is very close. <laughs> and occasionally, we go to the University of Chicago and play on a regulation court, and you'd be like, mm -hmm. I'm money from three, and then you like line up, and you're like, I can't even see the, the rim from here. It's so far away. Like I'm, I'm not strong enough. Uh, do you have the time, Matt? Uh, it's time for the text. <laughs> you got me. You got to say what I was about to do. tell you what time it was. Okay. <laughs> time for the text. Yeah, and we're in. Uh, we're in like a whole new text. I know you've been doing this with some guest guest. Uh, podcast companions for at least a couple of weeks but it's my first time in matthew last time we talked we were in luke and now we got we got a whole new gospel ahead of us whole new world i know and i've been studying it i'm super excited about it um i am i'm like i'm so excited about matthew not only because uh great name it is great an excellent name, name. <laughs> is there a zachary gospel of zachary there's not though we're gonna let people into here a little deep dive here uh why is this gospel called the gospel of matthew yes sir Collector. Good, good. The normal answer, right, would be like, because Matthew wrote it. <laughs> hey, that's what we think, and intuitively we think that. We have no idea who wrote this thing, and so they're named for Matthew for really random reasons. So, Luke really should have been the Gospel of Zechariah. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. I see what you mm -hmm. did there. I we see what you did man. there. We little man, big little book. Except he shows up in Luke. Okay, we're moving on. Um, should, can we introduce Matthew, like, really quick? Yeah, go for it. What do you want to, uh, what would you want to say about Matthew? Like, would you, what, like, if somebody says, like, what makes Matthew unique? What do you go to? What's the first thing that comes to mind for first you? First thing that comes to mind for me is very Jewish, most Jewish. Very Jewish. Writing to a Jewish audience. So cares yeah. about Jewish traditions and customs. And Jewish stories, right? Yeah. So, like, Jewish, Jewish, ah, just everything is in the backdrop here. And so one of those things for me that comes up is that um, as I was reading the commentaries, I was reminded that Jesus is really pitched here early on in the story that we'll hear today. And also in a lot of these early stories, it's like a new Moses, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and, and that they're in the midst of a new Egypt and you see all these parallels again and again. Um, and I think it's part of being Jewish, right? They're carrying all these stories around in their head. They know this stuff uh, much in the same way that like, you know, if you were gonna sample a song, right? You've got like these songs that you know already. And so if you hear this song come mm -hmm. on the radio that samples a song that you already know, you're gonna have all those associations and then the artist is gonna mix it up and do something new with it. It's and that's like the, when P. Diddy sampled Led Zeppelin for the Godzilla <laughs> soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. They or, when he sampled, or when he sampled uh, Sting's uh, I'll be missing you. The police. Yeah. I'll be watching you. Mm -hmm. For his goodbye to Biggie, I'll be missing you. That was a seminal song in my childhood. Right. And it really fulfilled the law. <laughs> that he took what Sting created that was imperfect, though great, and perfected it uh, in, in I'll be missing you. Totally. Exactly. Uh, this is an important thing we do here. Talk about, talk about music. So, yeah. So yeah, so that's part of what's going on in Matthew. And then we're gonna to continue to see that unfold over the rest of the book, um, over the rest of the, the gospel. But we see a lot of those seeds for what Matthew's gonna do in the rest of the year. Uh, we see a lot of those seeds here in these early nativity stories. Also, these nativity stories in Matthew, a uh, little bit different from Luke. Wouldn't it be fun if we did like the Christmas pageant every year and like we just like did, we rotated between gospels. So one year we just yeah. did Matthew. Luke gets all the all the all the all the shine on this. 
He d- yeah, yeah, no, totally. And yeah, Matthew's got, I like the stories. They're just uh, kind of dark. <laughs> did you uh, did you listen to the pod last week? No, I did not. Well, if oh, you do, you, you, you could listen to a telling of the Christmas story as, well, two weeks ago. Uh, if you listen to the pod two weeks ago, you'd get a telling of the Christmas story if it was sponsored by podcast uh, advertisers. <laughs> <laughs> So the baby Jesus was was swaddled in Model cotton for me undies. Um, <laughs> that, that as we're going to find out uh, in this story, that, that Jesus really would have benefited from LifeLock because everybody knows as soon as he's born, and you got to worry about your identity and protecting it. Yeah, exactly. Why do we not have sponsors yet? I haven't checked my email in a couple of days because I've been at LSM Con. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on I mean we're trying really working hard on, working on the sponsors yeah we're working, working. okay okay we're just going ahead and starting without them and I'm sending them an invoice so well that's probably a good good intro to Matthew uh, but I'm very excited I'm very excited to travel with Matthew uh, we're looking at Matthew chapter 2 uh, and just the first part I think I was trying to decide like how much to read this Sunday if I want to like keep going mm. uh, or what but uh, but I think we're just looking at Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. I feel like you're really good at summarizing the story. Do you want to summarize the story for us? I will give my best shot. So in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men, uh, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Judeans, though often translated Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage, which I guarantee that... Lay people reading this, uh, on Sunday you'll hear a lot of homages, homage. (laughs) And when King Herod heard this, he was frightened. Ooh, he was frightened. How about that? Not a thing we normally hear, right? King Herod was filled with fear. And all of Jerusalem with him, the whole city was filled with fear when they heard this news because Jesus did not have life lock. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired where the Messiah was to be born. And they found him immediately. (laughs) Again, Jesus, like, let's (laughs) pull a profile. But he was found in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it had been written by the prophets. And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judea are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is intended to shepherd my people. And so then Herod uh, got his intelligence briefing. He took them. Mm -hmm. Uh, He took them. He took took the intelligence briefings because he was a... Smart guy. He's a smart guy. Smart guy. <laughs> Had the best. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the time for oh times has passed. <laughs> then Herod secretly called for the wise men, and he learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared, which seems unnecessary because he's already born. Then he sent the wise men to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. It's a good time to be in the homage business because everybody wants it. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, it stopped. They were overwhelmed with joy. So again, emotion, right? There was fear mm-hmm. in the city, and there was joy yeah. in Bethlehem. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt, knelt down, and they paid him via Apple Pay, which is a great way to manage your accounts. They venmo him. Can we get Venmo as a sponsor? Uh, venmo deal and homage, because that's what they had. They had plenty of homage, and they paid him the homage that they owed him. And then opening their treasure chest. What? We didn't know pirates were going to be here. I know. Now we got pirates. 
they got treasure chests they had to haul across. Uh, in my mind, they're giant ones. I know in Christmas pageants, they're like little like jewelry boxes. But <laughs> yeah. I want like uh, Captain Jack Sparrow size uh, treasure chests that they just drug behind them in the desert and left this very clear sign of where they'd been. But then they opened their treasure chest and there was a glow, a Tarantino-esque glow. Uh, and there were no, there was very little, I mean, certainly there was blood as we uh, have learned about human birth. They offered in gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, dreams play another role. Joseph uh, is about, uh, has already been told many things in dreams and believed them and they've come true. Uh, and so they're told in a dream not to return to Herod and so they left for their own country by another road. Man, this story has everything. I love it. It has everything in the story. You get, you got, you got a strange prophecy. You got a road trip. A road trip. Road trip. You gotta love any story with a road trip. Oh Tom my gosh. Green. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Palace intrigue. Palace you got uh, this mysterious child. You got symbolic gifts. You got dreams that warn people. Uh, and then the story closes with a new road trip. It's like it opens on the road and it closes on the road, but in a new way. It's like right? a I mean, it's just like baptismal living. Ah, totally. It's just, ah, it's got everything. It's amazing. It's got everything just packed in here. You know, sometimes we have to preach on things on Sunday mornings that are like, um, I don't know, like a series of aphorisms or um, different kinds of teachings. You get different kind of genres, right, on Sundays. Uh, All the aphorisms. This, right? Totally. I this had to go one, to the doctor. I had an aphorism the other day. It was... <laughs> What's an aphorism, man? It's like a proverb, right? It's okay. like a proverb. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, uh, and sometimes you just find yourself wishing for a good story on a Sunday mm. morning. Well, you got one today. Got it. You got it. You got a story, and uh, and dang, it's a good one. Um, this story, uh, like again, Exodus. I feel like Exodus is the backdrop. This is huge backdrop to everything that's about to happen. That everything that is happening in this story. Uh, and you got to think about the things that are also like in the back of people's heads. So I just uh, I saw Star Wars last week, the new Star Wars movie, Rogue One, Star Wars story. Very excited. Nice. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to get to see it because uh, uh, we don't really see movies. Shut up. Because on Facebook, every other anymore. post of yours is, I'm watching a movie. <laughs> and my wife and I and our eight-month-old could never dream of seeing a movie. So I don't know how you do it. You con people into coming to visit you and care for your child, and then you run away. I understand the running away. Yeah. I'm just jealous like of your my, ability to do this. Like my mom came all the way from uh, Chicago to babysit for us. It was pretty awesome. And you went and saw a movie. So, Thanks, Mom. So, I know. So, like, when you go see a Star Wars movie, like, you've already got all this stuff, like, in the back of your head. Well, maybe, assuming that you've seen a Star Wars movie before. The people that I went with did not seem to understand what was going on, and I had to explain to them why Jimmy Smith was in the movie. Uh, but you want to assume that people have seen the movie before, right? And so they're going to have all of these, like, references mm. in the back of their head. They're going to know what's about to happen. They're going to know what that little person, what, what that character means and what that character means. And why did this just happen? They're going to know all that stuff. You also, often in the Star Wars movie, we did not get this in Rogue One, but we often get, like, a scroll at the beginning, right? Like, here's what's happening. Here's the situation, everyone, right? And you mm. get that scroll of text that's happening. And uh, that's kind of how the story opens. People are upset. And it's, There's no scroll at the beginning of the new Star Wars movie. Well, that's because it's not part of the. It's well, not. I, I, uh, don't nerd on me here. Uh, I'm making a point about narrative theory. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's important. Context is important. People are upset because they lack the context. Yeah, I mean, it's 
It's interesting. It's interesting. But but Matthew gives us context, right? You can't uh, lay that complaint to Matthew because he begins this story with context. And it's almost like he's starting a new chapter right here in the time of King Herod. Like that's this important place to start. Somehow that context is important, right? In the time of King Herod. That matters to Matthew. For some reason, it's going to be important. Uh but he follows that up with after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. So immediately we've got King Herod and we've got Jesus. We've got this this kid being born in Bethlehem of Judea that Herod doesn't appear, apparently know about at first, uh, but it's happening. It's happening somewhere out there uh, in the hinterlands. So it's an interesting opening. And then uh, enter the characters that we're going to follow through the story, these magi, these wise men from the east, uh, astrologers, who are they? How many are there? Yeah. We don't know. We don't, we know. don't know. We don't know. They're just magi. It just says they're magi. Magi coming from the east. But we, you know, we know this much. They're outsiders, right? They're outsiders to this culture. I have to make a confession. I, yeah. uh, I try to be like hyper aware when I read <laughs> Bible stories uh, so that I can make things like references to Quentin Tarantino movies. I totally read this and just assumed that there were three wise men in this story. <laughs> And there's not, right? And why did you why did you assume that? Because that's the tradition, right? Totally, totally. That's the tradition. And all these things like grow up around the tradition. This is some of the. It doesn't th- I, like, say that there are three wise men. Like I know that like we are Protestants, and so we're supposed to like just stick to what the scriptures tell us, right? And that's really important to be aware of that. That like it doesn't actually say three, and you're like, oh wow. So, so that, like there could have been more. There's three types of gifts, but that doesn't say that there were only three. Like each one of them brought one, right? And I think if we think there's about all this, these, it makes a lot of sense because if you're carrying a treasure chest full of gold, you need more than three dudes, right? <laughs> I think, right? You need lots right? of kings. Totally. Yeah, and it's amazing to see, like, the traditions. I think it's really interesting to see, even though we stick to the text, we know what's in the text. I also think the traditions that grow up around the text, these wild and woolly traditions, are really fascinating. So over time, like, we get the names. The names, uh, B.M.B., Casper, Belazar, they're not in the text. Like, those are, like, traditions that have grown up when people started telling these stories. They started just embellishing things, right, and adding stuff to the story. Um so there's three kings, they, they say, and they give them names. They give them places that they might be from. If you look in your nativity set, oftentimes uh, two of them will be white and one of them will be black, which I always find just like, really? Like, even with the wise men, we get a token black guy? That just seems really, uh, I don't know. I think I we can do better. I think I we can do better. If they're really from coming from different places, don't you think uh, maybe, maybe none of them would be white? I mean, really? We could do better than a token minority here. That just seems ridiculous to me. So uh, we can think about how we portray these wise men. Uh, (laughs) Right? I mean, I just think like, where are these people coming from? Well, they're coming from all over the place. Uh, And they are outsiders to this culture. So whatever an outsider is in your culture, think about what that might look like. And one of the ways that we know they're outsiders here is that when they get there, they don't know what's going on. They're totally disoriented and they start asking questions, right? So how many of your students in that room are actually like, they know Chicago really well? They're as enthusiastic as they were when I made a reference to the Godzilla movie released in 2001. (laughs) They look just as bewildered. (laughs) Right, or like, and you get off the plane or you get off your van and you're like, where am I? Like, where do I need to go? Right, like this is what, these are the kinds of things that are running through your head when you arrive at a new place. I love it. I love it, Matt. I think one of the things that, that's a part of 
to go back to when, when you asked me what my first impression of Matthew is, is that it's very Jewish. And so one of the things that means is that it's very concerned with insider-outsider stuff. Because that's really the key to, to being Jewish in Matthew's eyes, is that you've got to, what does it mean to be Jewish? To keep the law, to, and I, I mean that in a, a compassionate, charitable way. Um, but that Matthew starts, pop quiz, what is the beginning of Matthew? Because it's the beginning of a Jesus story. What does it start with? The genealogy. The genealogy. We got, I told you we're at LSM we got knowledge mm-hmm. here, right? He starts with the genealogy, and it's really interesting in the genealogy because there are four names in the genealogy that stick out. There are four times in that genealogy that goes from Adam to David to Jesus where it's male, 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 but there are four females. It becomes matrilinear four different times. And that's interesting. It's not uncommon. It's, not, it's uncommon. It's not unheard of. But what makes those more interesting is not just that these are women, so they're they're exceptions to how genealogies normally work, but each of the four, none of those women are Jewish, right? You've got a genealogy that's there to prove how Jewish Jesus is. And you've got these four exceptions that are all about outsiders. And so what does it say? What does it mean that in this text, the outsiders are the one who see, who are oriented, who should be disoriented, Mm -hmm. who see, who understand, who can find Jesus. And it's Jesus's home, the home of the Jewish people uh, of Judaism, Mm -hmm. that it's it's Jerusalem, that it's Herod, that it's the people who should know, who are familiar, who are are disoriented. And actually, it's the, the men of Orient. Pun! I've been setting it up. I've been waiting. Whoa. The men from the Orient uh, who are we three kings oriented. Orientation are wow, wow. Yeah, no. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like, so Jesus, like, we're immediately introduced to him with he's got a multicultural family tree, which is just like it's crazy. It's like when you did one of those DNA tests, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, what? No way. He's got a multicultural here. family tree. If you want to swab the inside of your mouth, we have some Q-tips. I don't have any way of testing, so we've got a bucket. You just put them in the bucket, and we'll, I'll tell you some things later. It's $50. And here again, we've got, we've got people of different cultures uh, coming together, interacting with each other. And Luke, Luke is also concerned with insiders and outsiders, right? But then oftentimes with him, it's like um, the marginalized and the powerless, right? Women, the poor, um, the widow, the orphan, the stranger. Uh, and that's really important, right? For Matthew, though, it's often about culture. And so as we're thinking in our world about, like, what does it mean to live in a multicultural world and an increasingly diverse world? Matthew might have some things to say to us about that. Matthew might have some guidance for us uh, in the midst of that, uh, that wrestling that we're doing in 2016, 2017, and beyond. I like it. I like it. Right? Right? Matt, do you have a... Any songs to go along with this? Because I found my good news, so I'm ready to, I'm ready to song. You're it ready to do it. You're yeah. ready to do it. The first song that uh, I thought of. So Jesus, because of what happens in this story, Jesus is about to uh, uh, flee the place where he is. He's about to become a refugee. And uh, I initially thought of uh, "Refugee" by Tom Petty. Uh, mm. Thought about it. Thought about it. But set it aside and thought, what if there was a band that was named after refugees? And oh my goodness, there he is. They're called the Fugees. What? I know, White Clef, John, Pross, Lauren Hill. Uh, and ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, here I come. Who does that refer to? It says, ready or not, here I come, I'm gonna find you. And is that, uh, is that the Magi searching for Jesus? Is that Herod searching for Jesus? 
Is that us searching for Jesus and who are we, Manta Herod? I don't know, but ready or not by the refugees. Uh, uh, first song that I thought of this week. Fantastic. Can you hear it? I'm playing it for them. Classic. Classic tune. Can you hear it? Yeah. You can hear it? Awesome. I like it. I like it, Matt. Um, you know you can always find the playlist on Spotify. Uh, we're on Spotify Vinyl Preacher. Check it out because we can't play the songs on the real on the real podcast because of antiquated copyright law. Um, and so, Matt, I'm going to require some guidance here for my first selection. Uh, Epiphany uh, translates as uh, appearance, to watch, to see, to behold, light, right? Light is a theme of Epiphany, yeah. to see it. And it also has something to do with kings. Um, and so... Uh, in an homage, I'm going to pay some homage. I got some homage in my wallet. I got it. I'm going to pay some homage to uh, to my favorite Game of Thrones podcast uh, called What's the Thrones that opens with uh, a, a wonderful track from our good friends, Friends of the Pod, Jay-Z and uh, Kanye uh, that involves uh, Gentlemen in Paris. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. This sense of disorder. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Brilliant choice. Over at St. Tom's, Matt and I used to, to ball so hard. <laughs> Love it. I know. And these are only two songs. You can see the extended playlist uh, on Spotify. Do you have anything else? Do I have anything else this week? I got week? more. I got more. You got more? Oh my gosh. Well, I try to find some new songs too. So, um, I got Starboy, the new song by The Weeknd, featuring Daft Punk, uh, which is an interesting one. Uh, a sense of what does it mean to be the center of attention and how do you, uh, how do you wrestle with that. Uh, thought about Starman by David Bowie. Mm. Uh, been about a year, been about a year that, since you left us. That's, uh, that'd be paying homage, I believe. I know, I know. I got Everybody is a Star from Sly and the Family Stone. Mm. Classic tune that Kendrick Lamar samples on his latest album. And then uh, finally... Uh, take the long way home mm. by Super. Take the long way home by Super like Tramp because like I know it. right there could change direction at the end of the story. What else you got? Oh, I got Lord. Lord Royals. Yeah. <laughs> right. Royals. I haven't actually looked at the lyrics. I don't know what the song really means, but I know it involves Royals. Uh, so when I was feverishly changing my podcast this morning over breakfast, I was just searching my iTunes for words that are like King Royal. Uh, we did it. Uh, so I'm also going to share uh, some songs that I put on the podcast for Baptism of Jesus. Maybe you're doing Baptism of Jesus. It happens on January 6th. Man, yeah. Right? Uh, so Jesus gets baptized in the river. Uh, in Matthew, I love the John Hyatt song, The River Knows Your Name. Oh, yeah. Bow, 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 Because the river does know your name. Um, totally. Anyway, so what kind of good? Let's do good news, and then we're going to do some list, some questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's your good news? Yeah. What? Well, first of all, let me say, uh, we conclude the podcast with good news because Matt and I are both professional preachers, right? And what it means to be a preacher <laughs> is to be a professional uh, proclaimer of good news. So ultimately, the thing you have to say on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Saturday night uh, should be good news. Um, so. We talked a lot about uh, wise men here, more than three of them probably. We talked about Queen Carantino. What's the punchline, Matt? What's the good news this week? 
so this early in the game, we're still kind of like, uh, we kind of have our first draft of good news, I'd say. So my sort of first draft that I'm going to continue uh, um, whittling down is that, uh, you know, in our world today, even, we have, we're, man, the world is so uncertain, right? Like we're in this transitional phase uh, and there's a lot of people are, people are worried. People are scared. People are wondering what is, what is going on and where are we going? What's 2017 going to look like? Uh, Cause it's going to look different than 2016 did. Uh, and where is God in the midst of that? Where do we find God in the midst of that? And what is God up to in the midst of that? And I'd say one of the things that this story tells us is that God is not just found in the palace and in the midst of the palace intrigue that so often dominates the headlines. Um, but that God, is found in um, in some of the things that happen here when the Magi uh, present these gifts, when they offer their gifts, uh, when the Magi go home by another road, uh, when the Magi step out in faith into a new place. And so where there are these acts of kindness, where there are acts of subversion, where there are acts of courage, where there are acts of faith, um, there we find the Christ child, there we find our hope, there is where God is at work. And so that's the kind of road that we might travel. If we're going to take a different road in 2017, mm. uh, that's the kind of road that we might travel together yeah i like it uh my good news very early on in the good news coming together here for me but my good news is is with these wise men i think we talked a little bit about contrasting matthew and luke and i think the hopefulness for me like personally in this story (laughs) is that luke's insider outsider stuff is is almost always right along uh has a very clear economic dimension, right? Uh, the poor, right? Blessed are the poor, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that can be really troublesome to read for a person who is not poor um, mm-hmm. to, to, to find myself on the outsider of it, outside of, of things. And what I like about this story is that the wise men understand what's going on, right? Yeah. They are the ones who are oriented in their wealth, but also in, in the other ways that they're, that they are outsiders and that their mm-hmm. wealth is not a thing here that, that is a barrier to being an mm-hmm. insider. Yeah. Um, but it's actually a tool, right? That yeah. the gifts are important here. That yeah. the gifts, we, we didn't really talk about that, right? It's not that right. they wanted, they started Jesus's college fund, but they give the gifts to tell the rest of the world who Jesus is to tell Herod, to tell Jerusalem who Jesus is. They play an important, they do something here, right? Yeah. And so I think it's good news for those of us who who might be like the kings, who might have treasure chests full of gold, um, that that doesn't keep us outside and that, that, that God calls us inside with that and that, that we have a role to play. Yeah, no, totally. Like if God's forming this new community, that's part of what's happening in Matthew, that God pulls in, uh, even the wealthy, reorients them. Mm. Right? They, don't, they don't stay the same, but they get reoriented uh, as they become a part of this new community. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Cool. So live podcast, you got to do live questions. Uh, questions, thoughts, feelings, emotions that Matt and I can respond to. Uh, Matt is an expert in pop culture. I'm an idiot. So um, you should be able to handle anything you got here. Uh, questions about text, questions about uh, great pop music of the mid-90s, um, the early films of Quentin Tarantino. Yes, sir. Do you think Edgar Krentz would make an appearance? Do we think Edgar Krentz would make an appearance, man? <laughs> He's in the neighborhood. Yeah? Doesn't he I don't in know. that park, right? I don't know. Do you have his uh, contact info? I don't have 
Eddie Sully. Ed, Ed Kearns is a former professor here at LSDC and is around 175 years old. Uh, brilliant, brilliant guy. But uh, sadly, I don't think he's really into the podcast. Um, so, sad face. Yeah. Other questions, thoughts, feelings, emotions that you would like to be shot into the internet forever? Yes, sir. What about Eric Schaefer? <laughs> Eric Schaefer. Schaefer. Oh, Eric Schaefer. Schaefer. He used to work in the um, center white office for, um, I think, media. And then oh, yeah. he went on to Odyssey Networks. <laughs> and now he's a pastor in all of, all of Lutheran Church. Yeah. Lutheran Church in Santa Monica. Santa Monica, yeah. Santa Eric Schaefer. He's at our conference, the LA Metro Conference. And the Southwest California Synod. Yeah, they're doing really cool work. And Eric Schaefer, he's in Santa Monica, right? And they're doing uh, a really interesting, they set up a drop-in shelter for UCLA students, for homeless students at UCLA. Um, super cool ministry that they're just getting started. So, yeah, and related to campus ministry. Cool. We should get him, we should get him on the pod. We should huh? get him on the, if, if only we had a contact. <laughs> <laughs> Other questions, thoughts, feelings, emotions. Otherwise, Matt and I are going to talk about uh, the NBA. <laughs> what's on What's on y'all's schedule for uh, the conference for Lutheran Student Movement Con today? Yeah, uh, so Steve Jerby spoke last night. Uh, we are okay. about to head into a keynote by Yahil. Uh, awesome. Curry here in a few minutes. We got some more workshops. Got some free Welcome. time this afternoon. Dinner church at six o'clock, which may or may not conflict with a previous engagement of mine uh, that involves watching a television televised uh, sporting event. Um, and then there's New Year's Eve party tonight. First for the library. First for the library. Uh, pajama party. It's going to be incredible. Uh, where, am I, where, are you, where are you spending your New Year's Eve? The library. The library. <laughs> it's LSM Con! <laughs> Living into the dream, man. Living into the dream of God. Uh, then, tomorrow morning, I'm actually excited about Matt, because we are having an excursion into the city. Tomorrow is Sunday, right? Yeah. New I guess Year's so. Day. Slaughter the innocent. Dead babies. Um you're going to love the text for Sunday. Uh, oh but we're getting folks into vans and we're going out to local congregations. Uh, so you ever heard of St. Mark's Lutheran Church? In Los Angeles? In Chicago. Oh. No. no. Tell me about it. Didn't you do field ed down there somewhere? I did. I did a Reformation Lutheran Church uh, in, uh, the Pol in the Pullman neighborhood oh, uh, yeah. in Chicago. So we're headed to uh, like Shekinah Chapel, Bethel West, yeah. uh, getting out to some congregations in the city. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Cool. Yeah. Then good, big night good. out. Big night out. Matt, you're a native of Chicago. Uh, they got a free night tomorrow night, New Year's Day, in the city. What would you do? What is your What is your touristy advice? Go to Rick Steves. Wow. Yeah, go to Rick Steves. <laughs> well, I know this is like this is not. Um, I'd love to tell you some like hidden. Uh, you know, nobody else will tell you to do this kind of advice. But honestly, like one of the coolest things is just to go down to Millennium Park where the, I think there is the skating rink set up down there yeah. this year. And uh, it's just, it's just, it is like the gathering place um, for the whole city where people really do come from uh, across the city. It's one of the few cross sections in a very segregated city that Chicago is. Uh, Millennium Park often is, uh, you do see a cross section of people uh, and it's really fun to see that at the holidays. So uh, definitely like go downtown, go down to Millennium Park, check it out, it's really cool. I have heard it said that Chicago is the greatest city in the world. 
uh, something our dear friend Adam says uh, with 100% <laughs> conviction. Uh, any other Chicago wisdom nuggets for folks? Um, wow. Uh, stay warm. Bundle up. It's beautiful, man. Mid 30s right now. Sun's out. Mid 30s. Woo! Wow. Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> wow. Actually, Matt, I think in Chicago we're going to actively seek to them and not have that happen. But Yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> cool. Well, I had so much fun, Matt. I'm so glad to have you back on the podcast. I'm not alone anymore. One time I had to talk to myself for 30 minutes straight, and it did not help my mental health conditions. Um, glad to have you back. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Find us on Spotify, Vinyl Preacher. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the support. We got sponsored. We have benevolent um, uh, patrons. There we go. It's brought to you by Lumen, the Lutheran Campus Ministry Network, and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and is produced by DJ Dre's Force, uh, a.k.a. Nick. Uh, so thanks to all those folks for their wonderful support. Uh, thanks to Nick, who makes all of our lives a much better place, because uh, all I'm going to do is save this into the file, and Nick makes magic happen after that. So... Ice. All right, Matt. Get back on the ark. <laughs> Gonna do it. Gonna do it. Thanks for hosting. Thanks uh, to everybody that listened in today and put up with all of our uh, <laughs> our super nerdy references that we had to explain. Uh, super appreciated. Shout out to the folks at uh, Lutheran Student Movement come from L.A. Uh, Shakari and Isaiah. Shout yeah. out to those guys. I know, right? L.A. in the house. And, uh, yeah, look forward to... Uh, to hear more from uh, LA uh, Lutheran Student Movement Con. Have fun, you guys. <laughs> <laughs>